gonna flip that off my finger, but I can't. Nah. Stop fucking chucking stuff around, because then you'll just come down tomorrow and be like, it's such a mess in here. There's a mess in here. Fucking ass. Um. Oh, it's bubbling over. La Bière Fin Deluxe. We're doing Cat Cobain part two tonight. Ooh. Yeah, because I, I was surprised like the last week by how much I didn't know. Yeah. Because I always thought I knew quite a bit about Nirvana. Ah, we got more for you tonight. Um, so, hello. This is Ben's Bedtime Stories. And here we are. <laughs> oh, right. So, some stuff. I'm going to quickly run over some quick things quickly just to jog your memory. Um, about his, the crime scene uh, when it was ruled suicide uh, we sort of touched on the levels of heroin in Kurt Cobain's body um, you know it was like three times what a severe user would have used so there's no way he could have possibly lifted um, a 20 gauge shotgun let alone pull the trigger um, sort of spoke about him being left handed and how his position of his body was um, the autopsy was not released to the public um, so the exact amount of heroin in his bloodstream is only based off of newspaper accounts of what they picked up from police uh, yeah so the experts still debate on whether he could have fired the gun under these circumstances personally I don't think he could have done don't know about you but I think I like train spotting never having done heroin myself it's instant like you shot it and then i don't think heroin i don't think train spotting is like the only example of how things can go when you're on heroin though like i think that's pretty extreme look i've seen enough wentworth to know that when someone <laughs> takes a shot of heroin i guess that's the point of time it. yeah otherwise if it doesn't knock you out completely what's the fucking point go and i don't know Drink a beer. So, yeah. Um, there was also the reports that stated that Kurt had barricaded himself in the greenhouse. There was a stool wedged up against the door, but actually there was just a stool on the other side of the door and it's actually just a push lock button. So someone could have easily pushed this lock in and then closed the door behind them and therefore it would have been locked. Done. So that's also a bit suspicious. Um... People said, the newspaper said that he left his licence out so he could be identified. That wasn't the case, we figured. Um, it was the police that had actually removed his licence from his wallet, placed it on top and taken a photograph of it. So that's a bit weird. Also, one thing I didn't mention, there is four rolls of film that has not been made available to the public of this crime scene. For a long time, it was undeveloped and left in evidence. There could be so much in those photos that we don't know about that could explain more about what happened but i guess we'll never know um yeah there's, there's a weird thing in like courtney love's history of everything like of her being weirdly like, apparently there are several albums worth of music that 
is oh, that she's still got. done, that she still holds on to, allegedly. Mm. Now, that could be one of them urban myth things, but it wouldn't surprise me. No. Yeah. They also, I found out, they didn't check the gun for fingerprints until, like, a month later. I don't know if they did find any fingerprints, but that's a long time to check. Or even if you could. Yeah. Would it... Is that something that deteriorates? I don't know. Um... So, the... You should know. With the amount of true crime things that you watch. I should. I should look into a lot of this stuff a bit more. So, the the note, obviously, this supposed suicide note that Kurt Cobain wrote, um, we found out was only released because Tom Grant, the private detective Courtney Love had hired, um, he pretended that he needed glasses to read it. He was like, just fax me over a copy of it and I'll, I'll I'll read it later. And that's how we have the suicide note today. Suicide note in big air quotes. So some other stuff that I found out is um, the autopsy was completed on the 8th of April, the same day they found his body, which is very quick for an autopsy to be done. Um, the coroner, Dr. Nicholas Hartshorn, who somehow is the producer of several Nirvana concerts, so he's linked. Right. Um, personally knew Court, Courtney and Kurt, um, and he was killed in a jumping accident in Switzerland yeah, in August did, did 2002. Kurt Cobain not, he, he had like a, a bit of a weird obsession with all things morbid, didn't he? So he knew, like, he, he I think he like went and bought like a human skull at one point. Did he? Yeah, there's an interview where he talks about... Um, he found this shop, um, like full of like morbid, macabre stuff, that kind of shit. Yeah. Oh my god, I've just missed an absolute fucking sitter. My kind of shit. Yeah. Um, and he see, I think it might have been a relatively short amount of time um, before his death, but he, he genuinely seemed quite happy mm. um, and kind of content with like. He, he he made reference to uh, some things that had obviously happened in the past and stuff like that, but I think he said, like, once his daughter was there, that was kind of, like, all change for him. Yeah. So we got to... Um, Tom Grant has come over to speak to Dylan, the guy that um, helped look around the house the night before they found Kurt's body. Um Courtney's there and he's come down the stairs with Courtney and he's in a he's he's drugged up um, and he's trying to ask about what doors he checked that night and um, Dylan was also a heroin addict so once Kurt Cobain was dead Courtney was his source and she was also paying his rent and was yeah I guess helping him out a lot so by this point when he realizes that maybe um, Courtney has purposefully like giving him a hit of heroin just before he was going to talk to him about the serious stuff he realizes that it's just getting too much so he actually writes a letter to courtney uh saying i consider the circumstances around your husband's death to be highly suspicious my investigation has exposed a number of inconsistencies in the facts of this I have decided to continue working on this case until I see it through to its conclusion without additional charge because he obviously wants to find the truth out. Um, And he says, 
As I pursue the truth regarding the events surrounding your husband's death, your cooperation and assistance will be appreciated, but not required. Because he realises, like, he can't trust her. Um, also, he's like a private investigator, isn't he? Yeah. So there's no, like, legal obligation for her to take part or... Nope, nothing. Um, so he gets a phone call a few days later and she's weirdly very calm. And Tom says, look, I am positive that Kurt was dead. Hang on. He's positive. He knew. I think that's about somebody else there. I think he's referring to Callie. He says, Tom says he's positive that Callie knew Kurt was dead before the electrician found him. Or Dylan, possibly. One of them two knew something was going on. So Callie's the babysitter who was living at that house. Mm -hmm. Um... Courtney says, oh, maybe he heard the gunshot. I'm sure it's Callie they're talking about at this point. Um, yeah, because Tom says, if Callie comes down for a polygraph and I get the coroner's report, then this whole thing can just be cleared up. Because it does seem strange that Callie would be in that house and then Kurt would kill himself in the greenhouse. Like, you would know, surely. So, seeing as though... Um, She's like next of kin. She's the only person that can get the coroner's report. And she says, look, I'm coming to LA on April the 17th and I will bring it to you personally. And she says to him on the phone, you owe me a big fucking apology when this is over, by the way. And he's like, okay, well, I'll see you then. Um, April 17th come round and she doesn't arrive and she never sends the autopsy report. So... She doesn't get that apology that she doesn't fucking deserve. Um, she also says on the phone, I want to know where he was for those four days. And Tom says, I don't believe anybody saw him after the fourth day and anyone who says they did is lying. So we're going to kind of run through the timeline now of what we think actually happened. So March 30th, 94. It's nine days before he's found. After a break-in at his house, Kurt goes and buys a gun. It's registered under Dylan's name. Kurt takes a flight from Seattle to LA. And Thursday, the 31st, he is in Exodus Rehab Clinic, which is eight days before his body is found. Um, Francis and a nanny called Jackie visit... Hello, Jackie. Lovely. I always want to know why do they call her Francis Bean? Like we call Aurora Aurora Bean. Maybe that's but why. But that's actually her name. Francis Bean. Bean. I don't know. Teddy. I'd say ask Kurt, but you know. Mm. Um, they... Not that that would be like anything that was possible <laughs> even if he wasn't dead. Look, <laughs> number one... We wouldn't just be knocking why about Why did that. you call her Bean? <laughs> no but she does go with this this woman called Jackie and they visit him in rehab which I think is important because like you said that was really important in his life I don't think yeah that day Courtney made 13 calls to Kurt that he didn't answer make of that what you will she tells Tom that she only made one call that day. So, 
she lying? Yeah, but if she didn't kill him, why mm. would she call him 13 times? If she did she kill was, him, sorry. I reckon she was pissed off. She knows that he wants to leave her. She knows that she's going to lose all this money if he divorces her because they got a prenup. So she's now pissed off at him. And she's also a heroin user herself. So I imagine she is volatile, possibly. And maybe not very stable. I imagine there's definite issues. Do you know what I mean? Like ringing him up, having a go. It's possible, right? Yeah. Just... Yeah, right. to be fair, I don't think you've called me 13 times this month. No. We're in a normal, stable relationship, though, no. so... But you know when you see someone, they've got into a tiff with their partner and they want and they to just, just let it go and yeah. they just keep ringing and ringing and ringing. That's what I think it is. It's, yeah, that yeah. sounds a bit... Um... Cuckoo. Yeah. So, Friday the 31st, um, there are call, calls made to the airline and that evening he boards a flight to Seattle. He chose not to reunite with wife Courtney that night, who was less than 10 miles away. Saturday, April 2nd, this is six days before they found his body. Um, according to Callie, Kurt visits him and his girlfriend Jessica Hopper in Callie's bedroom at Kurt's house in Washington. Seven in the morning, he gets into a taxi and that was the last time that Callie saw him. Phone records show that Courtney speaks to Callie eight times on April the 2nd. Courtney does not reveal Kurt was seen when she hires Tom Grant on April the 3rd. Right. So there's definitely something going on between them two. It's a bit weird. Um, in 2015, finally developed photos from the death scene have been released to the public. However, they have not allowed independent forensic experts to examine all of the photos to offer an expert opinions on possible possible evidence in the photos. Which just doesn't make sense. Um, the police are still claiming at this point that Kurt's tolerance, I say that with like, would have allowed him to take a fatal dose and then shoot himself. Um, and the detective at the time says nothing's going to change his mind. But he would have been in re he was in rehab for however long, so your tolerance surely would have lowered a bit. Mm. Is that based on any scientific finding, or is that just that's just me thinking? Right. Okay. Because I've never been in rehab, so I couldn't I couldn't begin I I can follow the logic, but I can't like I couldn't begin to gesticulate about that. Like, look, I don't know. You... is that the word to use there? Probably not. Fuck it. I don't know. Look, if you've ever taken heroin, can you tell us how long does it take to affect you and what do you like? How does it. Is it like train spotting? Is it like everyone in Wentworth that when they shoot up, they can't move? Fair, anyone who had heroin in Wentworth was just like hot shot though. Yeah. So, like, that was an overdose. I remember this was allegedly overdose exactly. levels too. Exactly. And I didn't see anyone with no shotgun in the shower in Wentworth. They couldn't have done that shit. Also, you couldn't get a shotgun. There's that as well. I don't think you prison. could smuggle that in a fanny, could you? you you'd be struggling. Yeah. I'd say it'd be a stretch, but. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know some people put a phone in there, like phones in their fannies in prison? 
Nah. Yeah, but you're not talking like an iPhone fucking. Nah, they're like, like the little ones. You remember we, like we little... saw them in that museum, didn't we? They're like an egg shape. They're teeny. No. I'm not having that. Nothing. Nah. Um. So the detective at the time who made these comments about this fatal dose, and it's fine because he's a junkie. He can do that. Although it was a lot higher than that. Um, three months after the detective at the time made these comments, somebody else called Kathleen O'Toole was then confirmed as the new chief of police. But I don't think she does anything with this. She just, you know, it's just a new person. I also think, personally, that it's very easy, similar to the whole Sid and Nancy thing. I think they were like, oh, okay, well, it's a junkie. They've shot themselves. Case closed. Yeah. I think it's so easy to just... So I don't want to say tart anyone with the same brush because I don't think it is a case of, oh, someone's a junkie. They've just had an argument and stabbed their girlfriend. Or but it's almost like the opposite. An and... It's almost the opposite of the Sid and Nancy thing because the obvious suspect in the Sid and Nancy thing got blamed, whereas the obvious suspect in this one doesn't. Yeah, but it's easy to see why people would just be like, oh, it's just a junkie. Like, we don't care. Yeah. He probably did just shoot himself. I still don't believe it. I just. I, don't, I can't. Um, Can you? I can't believe it. Is there any need? There's no need. There's none. How much need is there? And you, none. And do you know what? I just don't believe that you could physically... A gunshot. Like, surely, if you are planning to kill yourself with a gun, I would do something cool, like get a pair of Uzis and just both sides of the head. Because I feel like if I just did it with one pistol to the head, I'd fuck up. And then I'd end up like a vegetable for the rest of my life. Uh, again, though, I mean, it's not as though he has just used a little pistol, is it? <coughs> if it's him that's done it. People sneeze on podcasts all the time, right? That's I'm sure professional. They do. Please don't. There's a pandemic going around. <laughs> sneeze into nothing, your elbow. Nothing to do with sneezing. Huh? It's no, coffee. I know it's not. I know. Um. But. For the record of the court. <laughs> Andrew just coughed at me. <laughs> Can... And the reason why they will be used in court is when we finally get the divorce, Andrew. <laughs> when that day comes... And if if one of us gets shot and it's looked like they've killed themselves, then... Perfect evidence to say that I haven't... No, I haven't done it unless I there's a pair killed of myself there. Because... You're the sort of person that coughs at people in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> I, I just don't think I could. I'd mess it. What was that? I don't know. <laughs> I'd mess it up. <laughs> I don't know why I did You know, that. like in Shaun of the Dead when she's like, oh no, you should probably do it. I'll only mess it up. That'd be me. Yeah, but that worked to kill herself. Was I'd it? do it and just like knock out a front tooth. I think oh, I'd just. Shit. I, think... I don't think I'd pick a shotgun. Yeah, I don't know. It's not. I always used to think if I had to, like, right. I'd go train. Because like, but, zombie apocalypse. But you know when you've heard, you know when you've heard of like people who've oh no you're not survived. Not do you? Yeah, it don't happen much. But I'll tell you what, the ones that do, be worse than anything, wouldn't it? I always yeah. think of that Metallica video that I always talk about that comes from a film where the guy's, like, got no, like, limbs, basically. Oh, no. He's got, like, no arms, no legs, and, like, inability to communicate. And he, like, morphs code with his head, like, kill me. Oh, my Christ. Because he just obviously doesn't want to live anymore. Like, he's... <laughs> Done with being a nugget. 
And one of the nurses tries to kill him and then they stop him. Oh, now that's not fair. And then you get human nuggets that like go on to bear free kids and become painters because they can use their mouth to hold the paintbrush. <laughs> you just this one end of the this it, it lose they lose their sight he loses his sight as well though so oh, no he's got like he's then. got nothing. No. But this is a film. What? But he steps on a landmine. How does he step on a landmine? He's got no legs. No, as in that's how he gets no oh. legs. You boob. <laughs> yeah, I was like, imagining him just rolling across a field of mines. Nah, so it's set during the war, I think. Which is obviously how he, he's a soldier, so he obviously knows how to, like... Not dodge landmines. Uh, no, how to Morse code. Ah. We've yeah. gone off subject, anyway. Right. So, shotgun, yes or no, would you? I mean, if you had to pick a gun, it's a pretty dramatic way of doing it, isn't it? But then I don't know a lot about guns because what you say about not being able to hold the barrel up to your mouth and everything like that. Yeah, too long. Now, I'm going to have to... Oh, I'm going to do some more looking into it. Um, So, if... Yeah, if they had got divorced, like, assuming he wanted to, then she would have received a very small amount due to the prenup, which is because, apparently, they thought when them, when them two got together... Her band was called Hole, I think. Is that right? I believe so. And they thought she was going to be quite famous. And then actually, it turned out he was very famous. So um, it kind of, you know, it didn't work out. She assumed she was going to be this big star and she kind of wasn't compared to him. I think she was on the up when they met, though, to be fair. Yeah, so that's why it was, like, assumed. But then, obviously, Nirvana just got massive, didn't they? And I don't think anybody saw Nirvana having the impact that they did because, like, it just... It like literally launched like a whole generation of music. Like if it mm. wasn't for if it wasn't for Nirvana, we probably had no effects, no Green Day, no 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 effects, I should say, um, yes. no no effects, no Green Day, no Offspring. Like the 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 reason why bands got so big back then was because that of, was their influence. Well, record labels were just out there searching for like the next big kind of mm. boom, basically. I was saying earlier we were talking about school me and beth and i said that when we had to make something uh in electronics we had to make something that would have an led light that would flash up on it and we had to make like a plastic thing in that do you ever do that you put the mold in the plastic vacuum thing and it makes you a little shape so i made the nirvana face and in the middle of the x's on the eyes were led lights because i was crap that's cool though it was like the only cool thing I did in electronics, that and just solder and shit. Yeah, I had to make one of them like shitty games, you know, like. Oh, the ones where you have to move the, the yeah, metal pole around. Yes. I think that was the point. And then the the lights in the eyes were meant to be the buzzy bit when it happened, but I never made the other end of the game. Because I wasn't very good at it. So I was probably spending all my time listening to Nirvana and not paying attention. But, look. I feel like that's what Kurt would have wanted. I feel like that's what he would have wanted, yes. When he does die, Courtney inherited nearly a billion dollars. And she gets all his royalties. How unfair is that? Mean. That's a lot of heroin. It, it is. Which, can I point out, her... And their nanny, Callie, was also um, a heroin user. So, 
feel like it was just a bad place for all of them. Really. I wish I'd remembered that you were going to do this again because I could have reread that chapter about um, when Smelly from No Effects is banging Courtney Love for a little while. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, other stuff I found out is so Tom Grant goes on a radio show and he states bluntly that um, Courtney and Callie were involved in conspiracy to kill Kurt. And Courtney responded to this allegation when she hears it on the radio about offering him some work on some different cases um, that didn't elaborate, which he felt was a bit of a bribe. So, yeah. he thinks the note, the one that was left on the bottom of the stairs, you remember the one that's like, you know, Kurt, stop being an asshole sort of thing, sort yourself out for your family and that, um, that was staged because Callie was also a heroin user. So why would he be worrying about like heroin and shit when he's doing it himself? Mm, a little bit of a reach. Like, you can tell somebody else that they're an alcoholic while still enjoying a drink. Just not at the same time. That's tasteless. There's enjoying but, like, a drink and they're shooting up. I don't think you can casually no, do but, heroin. I mean, the, the point is... Can you? No, but the point is you can have, you can have different perceptions of how, how much of an effect it has on your life still. Know what I mean? But Callie's the one with the baby. He's the one caring for the baby, and Kurt's out playing music. <laughs> Surely the person that should be quoting the heroin is Callie. Correct. <laughs> it doesn't make sense, does it? <laughs> so I. That, but it's so a bit like it's... when my cousin, when I live, when I live with my cousin, mm-hmm. um, at one point he turns around and says to me, and it it, it kind of changed a lot of things for me to be fair because I learned to sort of start calming down at that point. Right. Um, but. Um, he said to me at one point, he's like, you're an alcoholic, you are. Really? And I was like, but, but you're a coke addict. What, what are you on about? <laughs> what? I was like, oh shit, if he's saying that, I probably need to pay attention for a minute and just... <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Oh. I'm, like, I'm not an alcoholic. No, you're not. But Look, back then I was probably getting a full pack of beers with every fucking frozen pizza I got, so... That's a lot of beers and a lot of pizza. It was. I just don't think you can socially or casually do heroin. I just... I don't think that... Look, do you casually in, ingest in heroin? Let us know. Is it just casual for you? Do you socially do it? I still don't think it's a thing, then. It can't just constantly always be a complete knockout, because, like, how many musicians do heroin and stuff? Yeah, but... I don't know. I'll look into it. It was, look, they think it's a stage note. Did you know, Callie is also a former boyfriend of Courtney Love's. Uh, suspicious. Suspicious. Suspicioso. Um, Courtney also got Callie's dad to renovate parts of the house and got Callie a job with Geffen Records. Rec- records. Records. Which so, was Nirvana's label. Huh? Which was Nirvana's label. Yeah, so... There's some serious interweaving between those two with everything going on in their personal and not political. What's the word? Per... What's the word? Personal and their so uh, professional professional life. Yeah. Tom Grant believes that Callie used the credit card between Kurt leaving the Exodus Rehab Center and the time that his body was found. Police have never been able to prove he used the card. That's the first thing I ever heard about Kurt Cobain, his whole death thing, was that once he died, his credit card was being used. 
So I wonder if maybe they somehow got his credit card and they maybe booked those tickets to look like he was going somewhere. I don't know. There's also been the question asked of whether Kurt had nitrates on his hands from the gun. And um, an expert has said that this is meaningless because anyone standing in a small to medium sized room with their hands exposed would test positive for gun residue. It basically spreads in the air like a sneeze, but a bit more dramatically. So you can't really tell from that. Courtney was also arrested over drug possession and having a doctor's prescription pad in her room. Which might explain maybe where all this Rehypno and stuff came from. Um, apparently, though, her doctor did clear that up later, saying he left it there by accident, but... What was he doing there? What was he doing there, exactly? So... I don't know how much truth there is in this, but this is a... Um, theory to who bumped her off because obviously Courtney didn't do it herself she there's been a lot on reddit saying that she obviously hired someone to kill him and then stage it so there was a guy called Eldon Hoke ever heard of that name no aka L Deuce Deucey Ducky I'm not sure I don't think it's Ducky um the D-U-E-C-E Yes. Yeah, old deuce. He alleged that Courtney told him, I need a favour off you. My old man's a real asshole. I need you to blow his fucking head off. Um, this guy was in the band The Mentors and he passed a lie detector. Sounds like something I should have heard of. Yeah. He's in a few other bands as well, but I can't remember the names. He passed a lie detector test, so he was telling the truth about what he was saying. He said he was told to make the murder look like a suicide. Um, I've not seen it, but he a week later he spoke on the documentary Kurt and Courtney, which was April '97. Um, I really need to watch that. And then two days later, he was run over by a train in Riverside, California. He stated that his friend Alan filled in the contract. He didn't. Um, so I looked up this guy's death. <laughs> there wasn't me, there was Alan. <laughs> there wasn't me, it was... It was Patricia. It was Patricia. When he died, he had um, a high level of blood alcohol content. And supposedly, this is the reason they gave for why he died. Um, he saw some fans on the other side of the train track and waved at them when he was drunk. So he was crossing over the tracks to go and say hello. He got his foot stuck in the tracks and that's why he got hit by the train but i i don't know if i 100% believe that it feels a bit weird. how can you tell from like however far away like this guy who he was and stuff i mean i'm trying to think unless it was like elton john in full get up on the other side of a train track how would God. you know mr another fucking sitter andrea Sorry, but go on. Yeah, no. Do you know what I mean? Difficult. It would be difficult to tell. They'd have to have a, a certain... train like on a slow... Like it was a night train. But they'd have to have a... Uh, certain look or something that's going to make them stand out for you to be like, oh, that's that famous person. Do you know what I mean? But, however, his cause of death was 
ruled a Especially someone adventure. like quasi-fame as well. It's not like Kurt Cobain. No, fame. no. Um, it, so it was ruled a misadventure. Um, and the last thing I'm going to leave you on is uh, the actual letter. Have you ever actually read the letter? No, I've never actually brought myself to do it. It's nowhere near as bad as you think it is, but then I'm looking at it from a perspective as I don't think this is a suicide note. Uh, so, let's... I've seen it on a poster, because, like, when I was young, every kid had, like... Oh, yeah. And uh, that's grim as well. Imagine mm. making a poster out of that. I know. That is a bit... It always used to be the cheapest thing in, like, out of all the poster racks in HMV, because when I was a, a cool, young skater kid, I used to just sit and fucking... Flick through the... Flick through the, the posters yeah. and see at HMV. I think everyone did that, though. Everyone did that, yeah. You had to have a flick through. There's always the weird one of the Kama Sutra and you <laughs> and stand there and giggle with your friends. No, just me? Okay. Whereas nowadays you're like, <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, right. So you've seen the layout of the note then. Do you yeah. remember roughly what it looks like? Yeah. Thoughts? No, no, no. go on. Okay, so... I have seen the layout of it because I've seen the note, but I don't... Okay. Is it in my book? No, it's not actually. Is that what you looked for the other day? Yeah, I tried to look for it, but then I realised, you know, we live in the age where Google Images exists. So I went on there and found it. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's all very neatly written, very tiny, neat handwriting. And then the last four lines are very erratic. They don't look like they... Been written by the same person. <laughs> no. So here we go. Let's get into it. To Boda. I don't know who Boda is, but he writes the letter to Boda. Speaking from the tongue of an experienced simpleton who obviously would rather be an emasculated infantile complainee, this note should be pretty easy to understand. All the warnings from the Punk Rock 101 courses over the years since my first introduction to the, shall we say, ethics involved with independence and the embracement of your community has proven to be very true. I haven't felt the excitement of listening to as well as create music along with reading and writing, for too many years now. I feel guilty beyond words about these things. For example, when we're backstage and the lights go out and the manic roar of the crowds begins, it doesn't affect me in which it did for Freddie Mercury, who seemed to love relish in the love and adoration from the crowd, which is something I totally admire and envy. The fact is I can't fool you, any one of you. It simply isn't fair to you or me. The worst crime I can think of would be to rip people off by faking it and pretending it as if I'm having 100% fun. Sometimes I feel as if I should have a punch in time clock before I walk out on stage. I've tried everything with, within my power to appreciate it. And I do, God believe me, I do, but it's not enough. I appreciate the fact that I and we have affected and entertained a lot of people. It must be one of those narcissists who only appreciate things when they're gone. I'm too sensitive. I need to be slightly numb in order to regain the enthusiasms I once had as a child. On our last three tours, I've had a much better appreciation for all the people I've known personally and as fans of our music, but I still can't get over the frustration, the guilt and the empathy I have for everyone. There's good in all of us and I think I simply love people too much so that it makes me feel too fucking sad. The sad, little, sensitive, unappreciative, Pisces, Jesus man. Why don't you just enjoy it? I don't know. I have a goddess of a wife who sweats ambition and empathy and a daughter who reminds me too much of what I used to be. Full of love and joy, kissing every person she meets because everyone is good and will do her no harm. And that terrifies me to the point where I can barely function. I can't stand the thought of Francis being becoming the miserable, destructive death rocker I've become. 
I have it good, very good, and I'm grateful, but since the age of seven, I've become hateful towards all humans in general, only because it seems so easy for people to get along that have empathy, only because I love and feel sorry for people too much, I guess. Thank you all from the pit of my burning, nauseous stomach for your letters and concern during the past years. I'm too much of an erratic, moody baby. I don't have the passion anymore, and so remember, it's better to burn out than to fade away. Peace, love, empathy, Kurt Cobain. You would think that's the end, wouldn't you? Yeah. And then the last four lines are, Francis and Courtney, I'll be at your altar. Please keep going, Courtney, for Francis. For her life, which will be so much happier without me, I love you, I love you. Um, and I can't remember if I mentioned it or not last week, but one of the reasons he was so unhappy for a long time, and one of the reasons I think that he did so many drugs, was because he had undiagnosed stomach problems. And once he had actually... And you can see him in interviews when he's talking about it, and they're asking him, how do you feel now? And he's like, I feel so much better. He finally got put on the right meds, and his stomach problems cleared up, and he was a lot happier. Um... I don't, I don't know. What do you think about that? Uh, there's a lot of things that I didn't understand about it which make it way more questionable. None of it's proof either. Mm. Um, to me, that sounds like he's talking a lot about music and not enjoying it. And I don't know if that's me reading into it too far because of the perspective I'm looking at it from, but... Do you know if he ever had any, like, previous of, of self-harm? Uh, the people closest to him say no. The only person who says yes is Courtney. Yeah, a bit dubious, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. I think a lot of that is based on, like, just, I don't know, not enjoying music as much as he was. But it just seems very strange to, for those last few lines, to then suddenly be like, okay, bye. Yeah, that's not exactly, like, definitive proof, but you, you're right, it's weird. It does seem weird. I kind of feel like if somebody was going to do that, it wouldn't be such a long, drawn out, it would be a Unless it was like, a, as like, he was writing it... it like and play, just playing devil's oh, advocate, yeah. like, I believe yeah. it. Like unless it was like a, as he was writing it, he was like, oh. It sh-. then suddenly hit him, and he was like, yeah, okay, okay, I'm checking out now. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely um, a strange one, but like they've said, I mean, if this was done today, it would it would have been ruled um, like an undetermined death. Without the, there would have had to have been more proof for it to be to be just said suicide. A lot more. But, unfortunately, we will never know because we live in a world where people with money and power... Uh, all that stuff. <laughs> what was that? People with money and power and uh, me and conspiracy, tin hat, lefty, higher up shit going on. Don't believe it, Ben. The queen's a, the queen's a lizard. <laughs> reptilians. Ben, they're all reptilians. Have you seen Philip? Reptilian Phillip? overlords. Have you seen Philip? That man is definition of reptile shedding their skin. Bill Gates wants to 
they populate yeah. the entire planet. He, so we they... are going to be told that Philip will have died. And you look at whatever new royal baby that comes out. It will be Philip reincarnated lizard form. Guarantee it. I'm not doing a conspiracy next week. I'm going to do one with a proper ending. I don't believe this shit. What's your happy thought this week, Ben? Um, Go on, tell me your good news. <laughs> so It's I... a girl! <laughs> yeah, Andrew's not present. It's fine. Uh, I uh, left my job that Woo! was stressing me out and depressing me. Uh, so... Um, I, yeah, I'm going to go and find something that, I, I, I've i been down for a really long time and I haven't really been dealing with it and I've been in a bad situation with a lot of pressure um, on me in terms of providing and, and just obviously um, like the job pressures as well because, you know, it's a, it's a highly pressurised sort of sales environment in a state agency. Um, and for a while I was loving it, but it just got too much. Um, and so I have left and I'm <laughs> going to find something else. Um, and I've got a little bit of time to find something and I've got two job interviews lined up already. And yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to go and find something that's much more comfortable and work on building myself back up again. Good for you. Uh. Proud of you. Um, and if not, we'll probably have to set up like a GoFundMe or a Patreon for this page, and this can be your full-time job. Yeah. I did say this is going to make us rich, to be fair. You did. Um, do you want to hear my good news? Go on. So... It better not be a girl. <laughs> do you want another boy? Because I fucking don't. I don't want another baby. I don't want any of you. At best, I want... <laughs> At best, you want what? You are overstepping your line. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that that stunt you pulled the other week, but don't. <laughs> um, so long story short, I've been doing a degree for a long, long time—about what seven years. I only have two months left, and I got one of my essays back today. Have today. a guess. Have a guess. How many marks I got out of a hundred? Ninety-four. I'm not that fucking good. All right. Lower your expectations drastically. Sorry for believing. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Have a guess. 89. 79. I Woo! think that's one of the highest marks I've had. And I'm damn proud of myself. So, there we go. My tutor said I wrote a very good story. And... Ah, so it's good news as well, because you're going to basically be rich and famous and you'll be like next Stephen King and then I won't have to go back to work. Ah, uh, that'd be nice. That would be good. But let's not get our self carry away here now. But yeah. Let's write that fucking book though. Let's write do a it. Book. Get you to write that book. Yeah, I, I should write a book. Maybe one day I'll write my book. Send it to the publishers. Yeah. I do have sections of my book written. They're just in lots of... Exactly, let's do single it. Single pieces of lined paper floating around I'll be house like, somewhere. I'll be like Chandler to Joey. When... Ross, when he's Ross, on sabbatical. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh! Just think of it when he picks up Ultimate Fireball. fireball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Except I've got none of the drive or motivation, which is why I'm out of the job in the first place. 
<laughs> you have to just make up your first character. Done. And it can't be Joseph. Oh. Or Joey. <laughs> yes, let's do that. Okay. Um, thanks for listening to us waffle on. If you haven't, find us on Facebook and give me your heroin tips and tricks. That's not right. What's the word? Stories. Tell us. I don't think any of our listeners social, have heroin stories. So, look, they might be. Do you know anyone? Look, you might know a friend of a friend's mum's uncle's son who socially takes heroin. We want to know how he feels when he socially takes it in. Okay. The <laughs> Sorry, if you can't just say takes it in and expect them words not to come out. Just unreasonable of you. <sighs> right, um, that's all. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.